Crossing Gate, the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division of the National Model Railroad Association. The topics and discussions are about the world's greatest hobby, model railroading. Here are your hosts, Thomas Gazier and Ken Zeska. And here is the continuation of episode eight, I guess part two of finding 15 minutes a day for your hobby. And when this concludes, we will have some bonus podcast features that you might want to stick around and listen to. Thank you. And we talked about too many irons in the fire, but Mike hit it on the head where I believe if you have different projects going that are of different type, one's painting, one's wiring, one's scene, then you can kind of keep the fire going. Do you guys find that too? That you, today I'm going to work on a sign. Tomorrow I'm going to work on fixing that turnout. Well, I'm going to jump in here in that there are so many facets to this hobby that you can do so many things and those things will keep you interested. Uh, you know, after a while I get tired of painting cars. So, but my scenery needs to be touched up. And just recently I noticed that my modeling skills from now compared to when I started are two different people. And so I'm starting to pull buildings off my layout and redoing them, which I did on my modular unit. I had a Swanson's potato building that was a shadow building. And going through my pictures, I found the real potato building that is in Santa Maria. So I pulled one out and rebuilt it and put it back in. So, you know, that's that's the other part of the hobby that's great is that as your skills improve, you can still work on your own railroad and improve it. You know, it's, that's funny. That happened yesterday when during the, the fantastic modelers retreat presentations between the, the Dandosa Road Construction Company and, and watching the North Metro thing with all their LEDs all over the place. And, you know, I, I started doing that with these little roomettes and some of the buildings. And now it's like, I want to put in more LED lights. I want more lights. I want more lights. And I never, ever thought that I would want to do something like that. But I can't believe what a neat effect that, that ends up giving the railroad. So, you know, that and, you know, some places where I don't have any roads, I'm going to try the DOSA method because that was that was really looking good, you know, the way he got those things to look color-wise. You know, maybe maybe the retreat backfired because just when I thought I was getting focused on freight cars, now I have, you know, more stuff in the background <laughs> with that. 
Step so. away from the scenery, Dave. Yeah. Focus on freight cars. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what I'm doing. So, <laughs> you know, I've got a goal in mind, so I have to go. stay focused. But I think modeling skills, as Mike said, as you improve and you look at what others are doing and you look what you've done. A friend of mine, Greg Condon over in Eau Claire, you know, he had a beautiful, what I call finished layout. And I said, what do you do? He says, well, I look at the worst structure on my layout and I replace it with a scratch built one. I kind of the worst to first mentality. And I always thought that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, Greg and I do this. We have stand-in buildings till we can get something better. And that always fires me up because I'm tired of looking at this paper structure that I'm going, that I, that's going to be my next scratch building, writing that on the list. Do you guys find that too, that it fires you up at your own layout? Like, like Dave was saying, okay, now I want to improve, put some lighting on. Well, it's kind of almost the technology advancements of, you know, Dave pointing out the LEDs. I've been sticking LEDs into locomotives now that I never would have thought possible because we were always thinking of that grain of wheat bulb or grain of rice, the little tiny incandescents and these LEDs are so tiny. You're adding them to buildings, you're adding them to locomotives, you're adding them to all these little details that are added on. But going on to like you just said about piggybacking off of learning from one another. I mean, the modelers retreat that took place this past weekend almost just recharges the batteries. It's hooking up a couple jumper cables and firing us up. I know on um, yesterday, my dad and I was out at my dad's place. We were working on the railroad and we learned from, it was Richard Ramirez last year that he did static grass and I think Joe was helping him with the camera. And the, the camaraderie and kind of the joking around that was taking a place as that event unfolded. Next thing you know, we're at my dad's place and we're putting static grass down. We're filling areas with scenery. And I, he's even sent me pictures in the past that he's like, I've worked on and put in scenery in the uh, passenger station and in this little branch line, another area that seeing this stuff as these guys are progressing and even seeing my dad do stuff now, it kind of inspires and says, let's keep improving the railroad. So the next time people come over, it's not the same plain old, like you haven't done anything. You kind of have something new for them to look at. And I even almost kind of feel like that's a little bit of a motivation or incentive is to say, well, th- I just did this. Or we did the scenery in this area and you can be excited about it. And hopefully those that have visited may go home and think, well, if they can tackle it, I can tackle it. Let's, you know, we can keep working together. That's why the in-progress information, either pictures or videos or whatever, are so valuable because it it breaks it down into little steps that anybody can do. You know, if you look at a, a paint job that I've done or whatever, and, oh, there's no way you can do that. Wrong. It's it's all, you know, preparation and being willing to take the baby steps. Yeah, I, think. I think I think Ken should get a lot of credit for that modeler's retreat starting that. Oh, yeah. I think, I think Ken, you, you did a great service for this. So, Mike, what were you saying there? No, I just agreeing with Joe in that I think inherently every model railroader wants to help the other model railroader. And, uh, you know, there's no, I'm going to keep this secret for myself and not share it. I mean, everybody shares it. And if I'm stuck with some problem, I know other people I can reach out to, or, you know, I'll call Dave Hamilton and say, look, I need this problem. And he'll say, I don't know how to do it. But I know this guy named Joe, and pretty soon, three or four steps away, you're talking to someone that will, a complete stranger that will help you in your problem. And I, that's a great part of the hobby. It's just so open. All right, we'll wrap this up with a with a bow here. I'm going to ask all you guys, what's on your workbench that's got you fired up? William kind of inspired me. Of, you know what? What if you're going down to your layout? And you got 15 minutes. What are you, what are you guys going to do? What's what's everyone got on their list? Well, 
I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to finish putting the brake lines on a express reefer car number five out of the eight cars. So that's tomorrow morning's project. And maybe I'm going to spray the chassis of that one, the chassis, the bottom, the underside, this Vallejo gray black color that I bought. So I'm actually going to fire up my airbrush and spray the bottoms of some cars as part of this AP project, you know, but I don't have a spray booth. So I do it out in the garage and I'll just wear a mask and hope that it's warm enough to do it and point the gun away from that goofy old third car that I have parked back there where I could have a nicer work area. Anyway, that's the plan for tomorrow. I'll take that off your hands, but oh yeah, we've the car or the painting project. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Joe, you spoke up. What are you working on this? Uh, right now I have a Sulon caboose that I'm trying to attach the couplers and the, uh, the trucks to. And if someone could tell me where that end ladder went when it launched itself off my tweezers while we were talking i'd appreciate it the parts black hole we all have on the floor of our- it's a bare concrete floor it's a light color <laughs> this thing's painted black where did it go it went into the future yeah, yeah. mike what are you going to be working on um i've got two well actually i got four ge 70 tonners i sent away to a gentleman in florida to tune up and so I'm going to uh, reconsist the GE 70 tonners and then take the stand-in locomotives off branch, get get my GE 70 tonners back on the road. Very good. William. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna lay down decals on what will be a fourth SDL 39, uh, number 588. I've got the decals done and they're just waiting to be applied. So how many SDL 39s did they have? 10 or? Yeah, they had 10. They scrapped one in 1983, number 581 when it wrecked. So I'll have to model all nine apparently because I'm halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Greg, what are you working on, bud? Uh, I've got a highway bridge. Uh, It's a three-lane highway bridge. So I custom built it, like the Rick's kits and everything is wide. And so I got to get, I've got the basic bridge done. I need to get the concrete color on the road pavement and then the stripes down. I figure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a stencil and then paint on uh, the striping. Are you going to use Rust, Rust-Oleum Fossil that was recommended by Dan Dosa <laughs> in his presentation? You know, you didn't get to see my presentation. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll have to come to school at uh, Greg's place. So we'll, no, we'll, Greg we'll, is the fossil, I thought. Oh! <laughs> Oh, it's unraveling quickly. (laughs) Steal it from dad. Ken, what are you going to be working on? I've got uh, seven hours of presentations to edit, so I'm going to start on that. But I'm glad to hear that uh, Greg has just offered to do a presentation for uh, next year, so I've written that down. (laughs) Then I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, William's uh, Sue the Milwaukee Road where he shows everybody how to uh, use a prototyle. So I've got lots of things to look forward to. I just, I want William to start making an Alco C415 so scale trains miss that. So (laughs) either Greg or I, either one of us, we finish a project and the manufacturer will make it. Yeah, that, I think that's happened to me three (laughs) times. Even on, um, I'll fess up. I'm working, Williams inspired me to do a, a highly detailed HO scale resin car with, you know, separate tires, rims. I've even got etched photo etched it's a station wagon from the 60s so i've got the photo etched rack that goes on the and some photo etched mirrors that i'm sure i'll break three or four before i put the first one and i'm going to try and do the windshield with the mike buddy effect with the curved scotch so 
whatever happens with this one, I'm going to save it as my first. So when I make my 10th one, I can compare it that advanced. Will it have the wood paneling? No, this is not a wood paneling one. That'll be the next one. This is a <laughs> excellent. I can't wait for that one. A yellow gaudy Chevy Chevelle with a red interior. Cause that's the photo I found. <laughs> All my, right. my analysis by paralysis. What color was this thing in 69? I don't <laughs> Greg, Greg says that's what bothers you. Well, I think we got a good show. We, we coined a couple new terms here, showcase loops and role players. And I know all of you guys are role players with my mod. I, uh, thank you for another great podcast. And thank you for the modelers retreat, Ken. And uh, I'll have a, well, you guys can all say goodbye and good, good night. Good night I appreciate everybody's thank help. Thank you very so. much. Good See night, guys. Good. See you later. Bye-bye. Everybody's Bye. help. All right. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thank good, you. Good input. No, wait a minute. We're not done. Here we're going to have some bonus podcasting for you. I'm sure you'll like this. This was unscripted crossing gate after dark chatter. Small group of us who stuck around. So hope you enjoy. You can keep chatting. You don't have to leave, but you just can't stay here. Can't stay here. Yeah, Greg, how far are you on that bridge? You keep showing, showing pictures. It's really cool. I've got all the basic components painted. I used, a, a Lance Meinheim mentioned, a light aircraft gray from Testers. It's more of a grayish than yeah. the concrete color. But then I had picked up some uh, Vallejo Model Air. They have like, uh, I think yeah. it's called UK Stone, uh, which is more of a yellowish, greenish color. And so I sponge paint that over the top. And then uh, I got some powdered pigments that are concrete yeah. uh, colored. And I mush that into the dried paint then on top of that. You didn't like that AK concrete surface. Yeah, so I bought AK uh, makes, and they're like a competitor for to Vallejo. They make a diorama uh, products. And the asphalt, I brought their asphalt, which is what you have. To, and then I also bought their concretes. Um, and it, it's just basically like peanut butter. And it comes out of a jar and you just spread it down and it's supposed to be concrete. And and if you're modeling 135th scale or 148th scale, I would say it's dead on. The color's good. The texture's good and everything. But to me, for HO, it was just, it was a little too gritty, right? It, it was too coarse. And so it just didn't look right. Everything else, you know, at that scale, an HO scale, concrete from two feet away is relatively smooth. So then I started thinking, well, okay, I can sand it. I mean, they say you can sand the stuff down. Or as Tom mentioned, you can mix water with it. And so then I realized like, well, if I'm going to sand this stuff down or, or mix water and, and smooth it all up, why don't I just use plaster like i've like i've always because <laughs> the, the ak stuff is is pretty it's kind of spendy so what do you you said you're going to paint your stripes are you just going to mask it off and airbrush or actually what i was thinking about doing is getting like a 010 or 020 styrene mm-hmm. and cutting the holes in it cutting uh the, and just so making the entire template for the road oh gotcha and then, and then cutting the so yeah so it just basically be a template for stripes you if do that like knew, with a cricket yeah. or? Yeah, if only you knew someone with a cricket. Well, you know, I was just approaching that, but uh, I, I laugh when you started talking about projects for other people. <laughs> if I got a deal for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom had asked me a while ago to, you you asked about that uh, 
the downtown Logo. the grocery store. Oh, the grocery store, yeah. Yeah. So I was I was I I ordered I actually I didn't have one, so I had to order one. And of course then I got in you know trouble for ordering crap. It's, not <laughs> it's, not it's for Tom. It's for Tom. <laughs> Honest. All is good. But yeah, I'm I haven't done I thought about taping and painting the stripes like that. I think it might be easier just to to cut a one lane or even a two lane template and, and do that. Well, it would be easy if you told me the distance and the curve, because what instead of styrene, I would cut it out of blue painters. Tape. Yeah. So, so yesterday I was painting this thing and I wanted ghost lettering on the walls. And I, so I got a frisket tape and I put that in the cricket cutter and in the cricket cutter just destroyed it. Just couldn't, couldn't peel it apart. So I went back to my tried and true blue painters tape and the cricket cutter cut out these lettering just perfect. And then I taped it on the side of the building and airbrushed kind of a off white from a distance, really lightly. And it, so it looks like faded lettering and it's just great. So that's why I'm making those Rock Island logos for you. Oh, I'm going yeah. to send you a hunk of painter's tape on a piece of styrene in an envelope. And then you can just cut them off and stick them on the buildings and then paint gray or red. So it looks like the. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. So yeah, if, if you, if you can draw out the size of that bridge, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you a piece of blue tape. You just, Oh, what are no. you creating the artwork in on that, Tom? Um, I'm doing the poor man's version. I'm using their design space, okay, which comes with it. But you can you can create things in like Inkscape and these other things, and as long as you save them as a PNG, okay, or, that's or what I was wondering. What kind of file? Yeah, then you can drag it into the Cricut. It'll do a lot better because you because it's it's a really crude CAD program. I'd hate to even call it only one. To- sure, sure. When you did Dan's logo, we did the the black and white version of it that you're able to, you're just needing a PNG and how sharp does it have to be? The sharper, the better. Okay. Well, I figured that would probably be the case, but even just from a, if it's kind of rough or, you know, we we lift stuff off the internet and a lot of times that can be kind of It is rough. Yeah. But I had good luck. Yeah. That logo for Dan turned out really well. Yeah. That was cool. the The lines are fine on there. Well, I was wondering even with the cricket, how fine can that thing cut? Like even in, um, Greg's case, if he does stripes, is it you able to lay down two stripes that are that to scale or that? Absolutely. Thin? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You could, you could cut a millimeters apart though. The one thing that cricket has a fault of, so let's say you're cutting out the side of a building and then you're cutting a hole for the window. Mm-hmm. The cricket has a blade that follows the little CAD thing around. Mm-hmm. So it won't cut a square window because the corners will be rounded. Oh, sure. If you look at it. So what a lot of people to me, that's no big deal. I take a little file and I stick the titchy window in there anyway. Yep. Line. A lot of people in CAD, they'll set it up as each wall of the window is a different stripe. So the machine will cut one straight, then oh. it'll cut the other side, then it'll go down and cut the bottom. And that way you get a square gotcha. or rectangle. But that's never bothered me because I'm, you know, the hole I'm making is just saving me from getting out my nibbler for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Chewing away at styrene. For one window. Yeah, what do you window. do? What do you do for a 15 minute project? I nibble out one window. I nibble out. <laughs> that's it. You know, and the exacto blade gets rid of most of it. Then you just square it up. I'm like, this, there's got to be a. So, William, here's what I ask Do you have those Minnesota license plates still? A page yes. of those? Okay. I, yeah. I will take some from the 60 if you have. Yeah. I got 68, I think 68, 69, and 70. Um, and the only difference is, I think, between, I think, 67, I think they're yellow. And then I think the, the they're all Minnesota, but then 69 and 70, they're both white and they're just the tab colors are different. 
Yeah, sixty. So anybody that's paying attention to the tabs being expired, then you really got a nitpick. Yeah, <laughs> that's when we throw them out of the basement. That's right. You no, got I a just, great layout here, Joe, but the tabs except, are expired on that. And there's okay. no windsock. Yeah, no windsock either. No <laughs> gazebo. How, how many are you looking for? Do you looking for just a set of them or? Yeah, yeah, enough to do maybe ten. You know, okay, my, yeah. my layout has one road. Yeah. Well, yeah. Since my dad does 1970, that's what I had done. I did 60, 67 to 70 plates. Oh, perfect. Yeah. that fit perfect. Yep. If somebody mentions the tab, it's like, how come I've never invited back to Tom's? Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we talked about this. I thought, I, thought I know, was do, doing him a favor. <laughs> it was, uh, I was all excited to operate on Greg's layout, but then, you know, he, he released the, the, uh, the virus and so i never got a chance to go over there and I, yeah. I haven't gotten an invite since you've been you on the do not fly anymore. list yeah yeah right i'm, a, <laughs> I'm on the no egan list right really. either well, that I'm, or you you pointed out the tabs on one of his vehicles yeah <laughs> i didn't get a chance to see <laughs> well don't you run minrail now don't you and dave get to come over and test greg's layout well you know if he wants to be on minrail he's got to. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on Minrail before. I'm not sure I want to be again. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. Uh, there have been some experiences. Oh, yeah. Dave, have Dave, have you been on Minrail? I host, I was kind of running it the last three of them. So oh, I've been okay. on, um, 2009 was the first one. So, you know, however many that is, 9, 11, 13, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I relinquished, Randy and I, I mainly relinqu- relinquished the throne because I didn't want to do the next one. So Joe and Rich are going to take over. Randy's still going to do the hotel coordination. And I've been sending out emails because I have access to the Minrail email account. And then I figured that if we do it again, that I would take care of the shirts if we want to order shirts, you know, because I I know the people that do the shirt printing thread embroidering deal. So I would be involved with it a little bit, but not like the last couple of them. But your railroad's been on it. That was, I guess, what I was oh, wondering. Oh, yeah. Because I, I did 9, 11, 13, 17, 19. So five minerals and one pro rail. Okay. And so then, William will get yours and doses are in line and a bunch of others. Then I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can only do one session, not two. Yeah. The, if I sign up two layouts, then I get to quit it. So that's a little great. <laughs> I'm claiming Dan and William. <laughs> like Amway. Yeah. <laughs> the, Sounds like the, a pyramid scheme. The Minrail pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. I kind of pushed to get some of the smaller railroads on it, you know, that just had like three or four operators as opposed to, you know, yeah. everyone go, having to go to a, you know, a 15 or 18 person railroad. Cause I think there's a lot to these smaller railroads. And, and I thought it worked out pretty good, especially the last time. You know, and I think even the time before that, we had a few of the smaller ones because why shouldn't those guys get a chance to participate? But I mean, we're not going to do one in what year. This is 2021. So I think it's safe to say we're not going to do it this year anyway. Oh, so, yeah. No, I think we've come to that conclusion. Yeah. If, if, if the earliest would be next spring and that's going to put us out of sequence. But right. um, the people who have it and Randy did all this legwork, the people who have operating weekends in the spring we'd be far enough away that they wouldn't care but i don't know i'm, I'm of the, the mind now let's just do it in 23 and, and be concerned yeah and if somebody wanted to like if you and rich wanted to put something together and call it re-rail or whatever you want to call it i mean it could just be a little localized it wouldn't yeah. have to involve 25 railroads here you know you could get 
just a, you know, half a dozen of the guys to do something for a weekend and yep. maybe invite guys from the Northwest or some of the Canadians once they well, wasn't, wasn't order. spring rails for like yeah. our layout owners and the local guys. Right. Yeah. right. I, you know, I kind of like it. Cause like William, you, your dad's layout, even if you hosted two other guys, like if you had your regular crew yep. and invited, Hey, we're going to invite two guys over that, you know, cause I, I don't mind that. Like, you know, get the regular guys. It might be a good chance to test out again, North Metro if they, yep. if they want to, yeah. but, but I, I like spring rail for, all of us could go operate layouts we've you know never been on. Yeah, you know. Yep. I swear to God, I'm not doing anything until I find that freaking ladder. <laughs> Should we tell him it's on his shirt now, guys? Should yeah. We yeah. <laughs> it is a black shirt and a black ladder. You'll, you'll, you'll find if you just go to the store and buy another one, you'll find this one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Dennis Storzik resin kit, and it's been out of production for thirty years. As soon as your chair, usually you're a crunch from your chair. Yeah, That's what stops chair. you from rolling. <laughs> yeah, right. Later. I've looked under there. I looked before I moved. Uh, no, it's probably inside my slipper. That was one of my jokes. I was coming up with this this master model railroader speech. That was just okay. like that was all like self, you know, abusing. Yes. And one, you know, if 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 you don't have five hundred dollars worth of scenery material in your shop vac, you're not a master <laughs> model router. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I put glue down. Yeah, what exactly. the? <laughs> I've done that with some some cinders when I was cleaning up after we had the work done in the basement, and I'm back there vacuuming, and all of a sudden, all the cinders gone off of a industry truck. <laughs> oh, damn. If you don't have a hundred Katie Springs on your floor yeah. somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's the whole thing about us being the modelers at the level we're at is we've made more mistakes than everybody else. Oh yeah. Right. Like and, Clark yeah. Pop said yesterday, part, half of the modeling is damage control. Right. <laughs> and that's why I was kind of sad during the slideshow. And these guys are like, well, this is so intimidating. I'll never yeah. be, I said, it's inspiring. Yes, yeah, right. I agree. And, and like we talked about, nobody's going to go and tell you, well, I'm not going to tell you how they did that. I'm more than happy to show people how to do whatever oh, they yeah. think I do well. It's my uber secret. Exactly. Of, of gray paint and glue. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never learn it. I'm going to start Patreon. <laughs> well, that's kind of even, Dave, you have uh, those the resin kits. What's had me thinking, or not even resin kits, you're, you're purely scratch building. Joe, you're more on the resin kit side, but is um, a lot of times is seeing the stuff that you guys are starting to create. I know Tom, you made the ones that I think Dave's making. Um, you're there. Are you calling the maintenance of, maintenance away? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do with the two guns. They're going to make. I think they're going to be maintenance away cars. But the other, the two flats, one is a Burlington, the other is a BN. So but it's that scratch building element that I think a lot of times I kind of started with a lot of that type of stuff and it was building the kits. And I know the guys that complain about the blue box kits not existing, but you go to any flea market and you can find a whole bunch of blue, blue box kits. But sure. is that that part of the hobby of creating something in a way from nothing? Um, I think it was uh, Greg, you posted a picture of a GP 60 in St. Paul on Facebook some time ago. So I've kind of had this quest. I'm looking for these GP60s. Well, Proto did them. Athern did them. Well, another modeler, Paul uh, Paul Becker, pointed out, he goes, have you looked at that cab? And I had never looked close at the front of a GP60. It's the at least the demonstrator units. They're rounded. Yeah. The front of the cab is rounded, and the, the, the headlights are funky. And I thought, holy smokes. Well, no, the Protos aren't even close at that point. 
but it almost got me thinking. I thought, you know, they're probably not going to recreate that demonstrator unit again. They do make, I think, Shapeways. Some guy has created that GP60 cab. And do you go through the process of creating that cab? Because all you got to do is paint it white with a little blue across the bottom. And now you've got yourself a unique engine. And I like that scratch building. I mean, I'm crazy enough to put as many LEDs into a locomotive. I'm willing to at least take an effort to kit bash or do something that's a little bit more unique. Yep. It was real intimidating, you know, and I don't, I think if Tom wouldn't have given me the link to that Lone Star region clinic thing, I don't know that I ever would have started working on it, you know, and then now once you get into it, I mean, it's still pretty intense cutting all those pieces out out of you know sticks of plastic i still can't believe i've done what i've done but you know i tom let me borrow two of his finished ones just to help interpret the instructions in this pdf and it you can just sit there and look at them you know and you're just like wow i can't believe that those parts actually look like those parts it's and after you try doing it there's it's like you develop something that you didn't even ever think about doing so I really envy the guys that are like probes, especially when he, he's talking about his elevators and his sheds and all that. And it's like, I just draw it on a piece of plastic and cut it out. And, start, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and I went to his house, a couple, I've operated at his place on his old railroad and his new one. I mean, he, that guy is, he's so nonchalant about it, you know, but he's really got his act together when it comes to doing that sort of thing. So if he can do it, you know, when you try it, it's like, well, I could do this too. So it's, it's been well worth the time I've spent getting involved with that aspect of this whole hobby. So, well, what got you, I guess it would be you, Dave and Tom, what got you, and I don't know if Greg or Joe have done the AP, um, you know, program, but what got you guys even like lit to want to even attempt it or do it? Well, well, I mean, mainly, you know, with this Tuesday night group and the fact that, you know, Les and John are both master model railroaders and, I'm fairly friendly with Jerry Leone, you know, and, and so he's, that's helped a little bit too, you know, just seeing the stuff that he's done and listening to his, his talks or whatever. And I thought, I mean, in my case, I had already, you know, the first one I got was the volunteer certificate mm -hmm. because I had some, I did some of that when I lived in the Chicago area and then moving here, I became the twin city division clerk right when I first moved here. And it's like, wow, I got enough credits to get this first one. And maybe I should try another one. And then I did. And then I thought, well, maybe I should try one more. And then it just started <laughs> snowballed, you know? So, I mean, it, it's, I feel real bad when I see on some of these Facebook pages, these guys that say, well, I built this, I'm going to start working on my MMR. And it's like, buddy, you got, you have no idea how much time goes into this and that there's a whole lot more than just building one or two nice kits. You know, so I see these guys on the low end of the curve and I'm thinking, you don't know what you're getting yourself in for. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the guys that have finished it. And by the time they finish it, you know, it's, it's like they have their PhD in, in model, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a daunting task as far as I'm concerned. And you can't do it overnight, mainly because of the amount of time credits you have to accumulate for some of the categories. Uh-huh. But if you've got the courage to stick to it, that's not the right word. It's not courage. It's the fortitude to stick to it. Then it, it starts feeding on itself and then you have to do it, you know? So I think after you get about the first three or four certificates, it's almost like you have to finish it one way or the other. So 
I don't, I don't know if Tom feels that way, but yeah, it's, it's close to that. It was my broken journey. I it was started back in 95 and then I went through a move and a divorce and everything. And, and I figured I always admired, I think being in the twin cities, we're lucky enough to have great model railroaders that we like, you know, I, <laughs> I, no, but I admired John Hotvet. Sure. Yeah. John John's Hotvet, a great guy. Spectacular modeler. And he'd never talk down to you. And I brought him some scratch built stuff. And I said, what about this? And he'd say no. And then I'd say why? And he'd explain it man to man. I'm like, okay, you're right. This isn't square. This is this. So as I, you know, I got married and we had a house and I'm like, okay, I'm going to build a layout. I kind of want to do this. I'm going to do this organically. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to do civil engineering. Well, I got to draw a track plan and build it. And I used it as a way to improve my modeling. Even like when I went for electronics and Dave and John came, I'm like, I went through my layout and I found things that were wired wrong. I had blocks that were overlapping. I found shorts. I'm like, okay, I got to learn to do this. It also helped me that I learned to build turnouts. Oh, fast tracks. Now I can do engineering, you know, and then I liked operations. So I wrote up an article for the OPSIG magazine. Oh, there's author. So it was very organic for me. And, you know, working my way up and I got to the point where I finally got to build something. Like Dave said, I'll scratch build these cars. And I hunted and hunted and hunted to find that Lone Star thing. And I said, I'm kind of competitive too. So I'm like, well, I want to win too. So I'm going to enter these in a contest. (laughs) I could have just schlepped them off over to Hotvet and he could have awarded them. I'm like, no, I'm taking these to the regional level and, I, and I'm I'm bringing home the wood. And and it, and it was kind of fun because after the contest, I went back to my hotel room and I'm laying in the bed and I took this selfie of 14 plaques I had. <laughs> and, and so really? Now, so here's, but, here, but here's the humbling experience is that 10 of them were because I was the only guy that entered. So <laughs> you didn't have to tell us that. So yes, the, the bus is coming by. I'm throwing myself under because I took this great picture and I and I posted it on a line and I said, it ain't bragging if you can do it. You know, and then I'm then I had to add caveat. Well no one else did it. So but <laughs> I but thought I got, that you, you know I thought that you went, you did your MMR so you could lord it over the rest of us PRs. Yes, that's what I always do. Well, I heard at my ex, <laughs> my acceptance speech and Dave was there. They actually let me talk. I made them let me. <laughs> sir, talk. sir, you're not supposed to talk. No, sir. you're supposed to go up there, shake the hand and go sit down and shut up. And I'm like, no, give me that microphone. <laughs> I'm telling jokes. Look that guy's hip, huh? I'm telling jokes. So, but I tell everybody this, they're like, oh, you're a master model railroader. I'm like, yes, I bring this plaque and $8 into Starbucks and I get a really good coffee, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like Dave said, you just kind of, when you get to a point, you need a kick. When I met Dave, I'm throwing him under the bus now. So when I met Dave many years ago, he was at five certificate and I was at one. And so I did six and I'm like, Dave, it's time to be, he goes, okay, I got to build something. So I feel obligated to help him get this cars because he's yep. done so much for me for operation. Get me in Minrail. Tell me what, how I got to fix my layout. Invite me to friends, you know, just being, being a good human being. I'm like, Dave, we're going to get you seven. Yep. But that's I did it. mine organically. I, that's how I thought. Right. Well, see that part of that is, is that it, that goes back to that checklist that Ken was referring to. I feel like it becomes almost a checklist system. And I think Dave, you said, he goes, boy, I've been sitting at that for so long. Now I want to just finish it. And you, you feel like you're that close. Why not? Yeah. You know, yep. take the time to do it. 
But I also then look at it and say, you know, Greg or Joe and even a Robert, you know, Bob Rivard or Luke Lemons. And I mean, very skilled individuals. And it's still that it's almost kind of that, um, you know, harness the ADD. I mean, I can have the attention deficit disorder occasionally where I get distracted by stuff so quick or like Joe says, squirrel, you know, something (laughs) gets your attention and you're you're not not aware of what's going on. But that that I think at least kind of helps harness it. And, you know, obviously talking with you guys, I mean, for me, that's what motivates. I, as soon as we we're done with the modelers retreat yesterday, my dad and I had to start banging out. We're changing out um, DC to DCC. So we're stripping out wire and basically cleaning up the railroad. Yeah. And this is something that we've wanted to do for years and you just, it never got done. And finally, my dad's like, well, I'm, that switch doesn't work. And I says, well, there's no way to access it. Well, we literally cut a hole in it and put in and fix the problem. And now it's it's a problem that's been there probably for 10, 15 years. We used to just blow through the switch because the engines could get through it. And that was we knew we could get through it. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it's kind of a frustration if a guy is slowly coming out of the yard and he gets hung up and then the next engine has to push it. And then he gets it with, I mean, it's staging, but even still, it was an area that he never wanted to tackle because it was so tight. And finally, it became one of those things that let's just do it. And that's why I was asking you guys about you know doing the MMR how did you get there and why did you get there? And even in like a guy like Greg, you talent, you guys are talented modelers. Is it a checklist thing or was it, you know, like you, you said, Tom, is that, you know, you set a goal to it and you wanted to do it. I know Greg, you just mentioned something. We talk about Greg's layout is how many of us have a piece on our layout that we turn the blind eye. Okay. The engines go through it running backwards, you know, or the cars, and we've, and we've all dealt with this. Okay. When you get to that switch, slow down. <laughs> Why do we do that? That'd be a podcast. I, I, I think that would make a great podcast. Cause I was thinking about that. The equivalent <laughs> of, uh, I had a Ford Explorer sport track and the air conditioning went out after like, right after the warranty. Right. <laughs> so, and in order to fix the air conditioning, you got to take like the entire engine had to be taken off. It's like, <laughs> I live in Minnesota. I'm not going to put it, I'm not going to spend, you know, five grand for air conditioning for two months. And so I drove this thing around for 10 years, you know, without, and of course on every hot day I'd piss in the <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but then, you know, then the CD got player got stuck and, and it just it, over, you know, and every car is like that, right. Over time, it just crap breaks on, but it's funny that you don't, it's not until you either sell it or somebody else has to drive it. I, I my brother-in-law wanted to borrow it um, because his kids were home from college and my girls weren't old enough to drive yet. We had three cars. He's like, "Well, can I borrow it for the summer?" And like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, not, not a problem." <laughs> By the way, this, this, and this don't work. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. It's like I had to go through this litany of things. Well, you know, you're gonna have to put gas in it, but you know, the air conditioning doesn't work. And oh, don't try to play a CD player. That you know, and it was just this constant, you know. Oh, and this armrest is cracked, so watch your arm; that might scratch you. And like, there's some duct tape over here. But I was thinking too, Greggy, like like your layout. You have to deal. You're the only guy to deal with these 89 foot auto racks. And it was just this fight with the couplers till you finally realized, okay, if all of these have Katie's and all these have McHenry's, they're happy, you know, and that's, that's how you, it's like, oh, I'm going to switch these around. No, don't do that. Yes. <laughs> you and, know, but people, yeah. And I think that's the, one of the hardest things on a layout you talked about. And I, I think this would make a great podcast is you, you have to be willing to rip things out. I think, I think Tom said it. I think you said it once where you said, my best modeling tool is a sawzall. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much is. And, 
Because if you don't, you know, like Williams is talking about, if you don't, then you end up putting, I got to switch on that Fremo module from day one has been erratic as far. I've got, I've got enough feeder wires to this, to, to kill a cow. <laughs> Time to tear still, it out. It still will not power up. It will not power right. You know, people was like, ah, oh, you know, and I see people nudging the engine on it. It's like, it's ballasted, it's painted. It's, and if I take this out, then I've got to rip out the rail next to it. And, yeah. and, but you're right. If you just go down there and rip the dang thing out, you'll have an, I'll have a new one in, in 15 minutes, you know? And you, then you wonder, it's like, why didn't I do this three, four, 55 operating sessions? What do you do in an operating session though, when you have an issue and are you willing to either as the layout owner or allow your, <laughs> your operator to back the train up or, you know, rerun through the problem? Does it happen again? Or do you just go, well, we fix it, pull it off and I'll deal with it later. And then do you get it to happen again? I mean, that's I where I that, kind of a lot of times wonder. That's when the curmudgeon says, oh, that's never happened before. <laughs> 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 no one else has this trouble. I don't know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> but the, you know, when you when you're setting up for an operating session, you're fooling around and you're moving trains around and staging and all this kind of stuff. But then you know the layout's fine. But then you get a crew over and you start up, and all of a sudden the wheels come off of everything. And you're like, but it was fine before. Yeah, it's I fine hear. with one guy, but then you bring multiple guys, and it just yep. must be the all the throttles and the presence of more people. The, the layout kind of gets scared. That's oh, all. Well, game over. <laughs> yep. I think it depends on the issue because, like, like at Minrail, I find I had a couple engines that were acting up, and being a regular you know model guy, I had a spare one or two or hundred engines. So I'm like, <laughs> off they go. Here, try this one. Enjoy your session. You know, turn your throttle to 92, you know, you know, well, I was going to test. No, we're not going to fix those engines. Now you drove two States away. Well, see though, in those cases for sure. Yeah. Don't, yeah you, right. John O'Brien would do that. We had a, a GN engine. I was having problems with They kept stopping and starting and he just walked over casually, grabbed another engine, plopped it on there, took the other one off and walked away. And I kept, and it did the new engine ran better, but yeah. you know, I, I just, I'm just asking you guys, I mean, how do you eradicate and how do you address problems that come up? And how do you get them to rehappen again after it's happened in a live session? And then you don't realize and then it happens again because you didn't get it to reenact. I, that's that's the deal. When if 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 it's a like Minrail or ProRail or whatever, mm-hmm. I went to Tony Custer's layout and this guy was all jazzed to run second 98. Well, it had done all its work, so it was on its way back to the yard. This guy f- flew thousands of miles, spent lots and lots of money, and moved a train in eight real hours, 60 feet. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and he was ecstatic. I'd have been pissed, but whatever. But I mean, some things you can fix right away. Some things, sure. you know, it's like, okay, let me see what happens. Okay. I know catalog it. And, and, you know, if you can do it later. Yeah. I always, I carry a clip. I have a clipboard with a fresh sheet of paper on it when the session starts. And I tell the operators, I need to know if you have a problem. Don't keep putting up with it because then, yeah. then I won't find out. So I, some guys don't seem to want to hear about problems, right? They just, the session oh, sure. usually don't tell me, you know, they just, they're afraid of problems. I was like, no, I want to know them all. I write them down. <laughs> Two things. A, generally I, I try not to fix it unless it's something super simple, a coupler's bend. And, sure. But 99% of the time is I'm planning on. And the other point I'll make is I never seem to have problems recreating. Problems. That's, what, yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> is it doesn't, it's be like, this is fine. It's okay. We'll let it <laughs> no. go. 
Usually if something's derailing somewhere, like every car will derail. You know? But you also yeah. learn that on uh, on Tom's Railroad, you can't shove 38 four or 38 ore cars into the classification yard. Yeah. I, you know, it you just 37. That. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I was fine at 34, and I thought, what's another four more? <laughs> they frown on that. But, like, on the bigger layouts, the Stearns have told me, like, Ron Cofer these places, and maybe even Otto, the soldering iron is always plugged in. Yeah. You yeah. know, or they have a flame something or whatever, but you you, you have to have contingency, you know. I've, I've seen Jeff in the middle of a session on his Jeff Otto's layout crawl into the layout with a soldering iron. Yeah. It's like, hang on a second, I'll just... And, you know, yeah, I've done that before in mine. Five oh. minutes later, he's up and he's like, okay, we're ready to go. Yeah, that's mine too, because I built on my sweat. I'm like, oh, the point points decided to give out now. Thanks. Yeah, right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. On the on the switch lead. Great. Here, one yep, second. Right. There. Now, now if the old layout owner would okay, let me stop and re-weather it and get it right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> William, I'm using some of this stuff from Automobilia on that Studebaker. But I think yep. too, as we've had operators, and Dave will know, Dave and Joe have operated all over the world. Is as myself as an operator, I don't want things to derail to get hurt, and if they do, I tell the owner, and I really don't want things to hit the floor. Right. Yeah. You know, one of one of my first min rails, we string lined a whole end scale grain train over over a aisleway because the host forgot he had engines on the staging track on both ends. Ooh. And so we pulled this thing around a horseshoe curve and it it was all holding together till we looked at it go, oh, what the hell? And then <laughs> he came over so mad at us. And then when he found out it was his fault, he apologized for half an hour. I thought, boy, we're never invited back again. But yeah, it's going to happen when visitors come. That's rule one. All of us, all of us have had that thing. Well, I think a hurdle, and that's just a question for you guys that do run operations. My dad's biggest hurdle always has been He's been intimidated by like Gary Friesman, his operations, they run great. They're, they're always, it's a system that it constantly turns over. So he's kind of set this bar that he wants to have this flawless, efficient, no problems, like out of the gates. And Gary for years had asked for an invite he, to come out and he's always just hesitating. He says, you just got to do it. Like he, does, Gary, he doesn't get to have that kind of operating session until he's been operating for 40 years. Well, yeah. that's just it. That's exactly yeah. it. But I, I, how do you iron out those and get through those? You, you know, have I to guess. have to have sessions. Everybody, everybody who's coming to your layout, who's operated at all, understands that if it's new, it's going to have issues. Well, then Big we should deal. get you this crew cool. to go out to St. Michael and operate on my dad's railroad yep. to show them that we can do it and it, it can function. But he just gets all he gets nervous because he feels like he wants it to be flawless right out of the gates. But yeah. we'll be very kind creating a punch list because Dave's done it at Minrail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave Sand and these other guys came and they operated my layout, and I respected their opinion. They weren't berating me. They're just like, "This needs to be fixed." I'm like, "Okay, I can do that." Yes, and that's what we would do with 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 your dad's layout. Is like, "This ran great. Now here's what you can improve. This engine but, stalls. That track's dirty. That switch is out of gear. You know, right? Metal wheels." <laughs> I'm busy this weekend, but otherwise, yeah, I can come out. Well, let's let's do that. I'm I'm serious. Like, if we legitimately yeah. get either the group of us, or if you guys know somebody yeah. that's you know a group that are willing to go out there when the time is right, um, yeah. you know, down the road, if he's open to it, we're obviously addressing some of the DC to DCC conversion little hiccups that over the years they just got skipped. We just powered through those switches, and I just said to him, now let's start on the east end and let's work our way west and get rid of them because I was tired of dealing with it as a dispatcher because 
I was telling trains to come out and guys are like, it's stuck. And I says, no, just back it up and take a run at it. And you'll get through <laughs> it. <laughs> so do you know Eric Boone? I know of Eric Boone. I don't know him personally. He, he lives in, in St. Michael. Yeah, oh, yeah, he host, yeah, yeah. He hosted yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yes. Yep. So I'm going to have him down in April. So I'm going to have a session in April sometime. I haven't figured out when yet. Okay. But I think if you told your dad that we're coming or the group that's coming is there to help. Yes. We don't expect, you know, these things. And like Dave said, you can, we can look over even your operating scheme, you know, look over the car cards. It would work better this way because the, that's the best thing to help your layout is when you, okay, we're going to operate is a fresh set of eyes. Yep. And there's Greg and I have never been there. And we're like, okay, where's Hinkley? <laughs> where's, right, right. where's Winona? You know, or, you know, you're taking the train to Wilmer. That's great. Where's Which Wilmer? Way is Wilmer? <laughs> Where's Wilmer? I would recommend that he get rid of all that GN stuff and get Emmonsonell stuff. Oh, we tried it. Emmonsonell goes straight to scrap. <laughs> this, this is why Joe doesn't get invited to Greg's. <laughs> On everybody's layout, the Emmonsonell stuff is always sent to scrap. I don't understand. Did you see that picture of the Emmonsonell, like Doodlebug and the coach car and the cattle car? The stockyard guys. Uh, I missed it by then, but no, they were notorious for doing that. That was boy, the MSNL between first class and coach is a big difference. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but understand the passenger the trains were second class. The only first class trains on the railroad after the 30s were 19 and 20. Yeah. Which were freight trains. But William, I was going to mention too, one thing that Tom mentioned, uh, we started calling them sea trials, you know, after, yeah. after what they do with ships when they launch them, right? We're going to, we're going to send it out. We're not, you know, if, if you approach the layout of, well, I'm not really having an operating session. I'm just having a bunch of guys over right. to operate, right? And yep. there's the only difference is the mentality. And so the whole, you know, goal is, hey, does, does my paperwork make sense? Like Tom says, where the hell is Wilmer? Uh, does, you know, does the engines run? How do I acquire an engine? If you get, if, if 55 people ask you, how do I acquire an engine? Then maybe you start thinking about what, what's a better way to do this. To identify. I had, I probably had four or five of those. I think Tom and Dan, and I had like the same crew, like three, four times. And then the other thing that is really helpful is the fact that, you know, people point stuff out mm-hmm. and you invite them back. You, you you try really hard to make sure <laughs> that you took care of what was pointed out. Yeah, yeah. Although Tom has come over, it's like every time Tom comes over, hey, here's another car without metal wheels. Where did you get? It's like I swear to God, he's placing them on my lap. Okay. He changes the wheels out and puts the car back on. You know what? I'm in my looking. pocket. Yep. Watch this. I'll get Greg again. Here we go. It's like I swear to God. I swear to God. I, I've replaced every wheel set twice that he still finds. It. But well, do you find your, do you guys find yourself, Dave? I, I know like you, you're familiar and you guys are familiar with Gary's and he gets up front and does almost kind of a formal introduction to know that the operation session is starting. Uh, you know, we've been to somewhere just kind of to hand you the paperwork and you kind of just wander off like cattle and start kind of just doing your thing. But is it best to have that kind of a formal this is what's happening. This is what's going on. I mean, Dave, you 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 assign crews to certain positions. You know, is that something that you would warrant or you you yeah. suggest? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's. I mean, well, I'm not. We go through our little, you know, take a number and what job do you want type of thing. But if it's a strange crew, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll try to go over all the jobs real quick. But what do you mean I by strange? Yeah, he looked at me. I, no. <laughs> if if they've never been there before, I, I try point out that stuff but 
I like to keep it real short and to the point because it, I, you know, you don't want to lose people right away, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you, just well, we William, we call them safety. I call them safety briefings, mm-hmm. and you welcome everybody. You, you point out where the bathroom is. You point out where the snacks are, where the drinks are, and the rules of engagement, where they can hang their coats, and then you say. This oh welcome to the Great Northern. We're, we operate from Minneapolis to Wilmer, and we have these jobs. You know, like Dave. Here's this. We operate Lacrosse South. I need a yardmaster for this. The Milwaukee. This a couple road guys. If anybody, you know, then either a number or anybody. But yeah, those those beginning sessions should be straight to the point. Uh-huh. You know, and so everybody kind of knows the basics: how to acquire an engine, or if they don't have to, if I'm going to give you a throttle that your engine's already. Sure. Right. Which is a great thing. Yeah. But well, that's- it, it, it's good to pick your guys's brain. I mean, I honestly, I appreciate over the years, my dad and I have actually started talking to more guys at shows. I mean, Dave, we've talked to you for years at the fairgrounds and when you guys are selling. Um, but I think a lot of it is the comfort and the communication. I, my dad even mentioned, I says, well, Joe says he's going to have an operating session at the end of, uh, at the end of this month. And he says, you know, well, what is, you know, I don't know Joe that well. And he says, well, you got to get to know people. And I think a lot of times it's just even just these conversations. I mean, Zoom has been fantastic for the opportunity to be able to do that. It's just getting comfortable enough with guys to understand that, like you said, Tom, uh, feedback. I think a lot of times he takes it as, you know, it's he's got to be flawless and he's not going to, he doesn't want to get a complaint. And I says, well, it's not a complaint. It's a critique and a critique is beneficial to improve. Yeah. And I mean, that's the way I look at it. But he's looking at it from a lens of, I don't want to have anybody have a problem. I don't want something to derail. I don't want something to to short, but everybody's aware that those things happen. And this isn't min rail or this isn't, you know, pro rail. This is like you guys said, a shakedown session or, you know, the C, this, what did you refer to it as? C legs or C trials, C trial. Yeah. Yeah, We like that. We use that C, but that's how you find this gondolas derailing. And we all know freight cars, you know, Joe picks it up. He's like, Oh, this truck's too tight. And that one's out of gauge. Put that with a little pink slip saying the BN trucks out of gauge and date. You know, we all have the table of despair for these cars, yeah. but there's a tag on them. And that's what you say. Hey, if you find something wrong, tell me trucks fall. Okay. Then I'll write a tag. So I know what I'm working on. And even Joe bless his heart, Joe, with all his cars. At first you look, there are these Brown 40 foot box cars. And then you look closer and they're all these beautiful resin kits. Yeah. And I've broken stuff off them before, you know, the skewer, this, I'm kind of a build, but I've told Joe. So then he knows where the brake wheel went instead of at the end of the session, here's his speed, which car. And he's like, well, where's the brake wheel, you know, <laughs> somewhere on the layout. But, but that's what, you know, I accept that stuff's going to happen because I want to have operations operations. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. I know that that's going to happen. And the vast majority of stuff is easy to fix. And, you know, I had a really big, heavy resin tank car and I bumped the, the section of, the, of railroad and the thing hit the floor. I picked it up and put it right in the trash because uh, it was trashed. And that happens. Big deal. You know, I mean, you know, if you do that to the brass flea market, Joe, flea market. Yeah. If you do that to the brass HH 1000, I just finished. I might be a little more upset, but, you know, freight cars are the Things are going to get broken and buildings or tracks going to get wrecked or buildings are going to get bumped. Well, Samson Memorial Tower hit the floor on a layout tour. Exactly. That's how yeah. I know you, Joe. I know yeah. you, Joe, as the guy that I knocked a, an, an interlocking tower on the ground with my. Oh, just wait till you start operating session, Samson. You'll get yours. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you can't bring a hammer to a session. Okay? <laughs> a hammer? Uh, <laughs> Only the layout owner gets the hammer to you on guests. So. <laughs> now, I always make it a point to tell them not to put their snacks on the railroad. And yeah. 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 Huge. Right. yeah if you have cup holders that's what the first thing i built for mine yeah was cup holders and a place for snacks and then have snacks that are people friendly you know don't serve cinnamon rolls and pizza and stuff greasy non-stick here's an m&ms here's some pretzels love you know yep but i think if we had a sea trial and you tell everybody bring your nmra gauge bring some pliers bring your katie adjusters bring you know bring a little to-go kit you know, don't bring your soldering iron. We'll fix that. <laughs> but, you know, a couple of files or something. I've seen a lot of guys at sea trials just pull up to your workbench and we'll just start going through your cars, put them in a foam cradle and, you know. Well, and you guys are all skilled enough. I mean, that's the thing, too, is you start to have um, when you're running operations. Do you guys have a, a, a hesitance? I mean, a Joe Binish that has these super detailed cars of if something derails, are you re-railing it? Or are you noting that it had no. derailed? and? You know, I, I look at it and say there's there's casualties that are going to take place. You don't want to have somebody, a lot of times guys will grab them and it's like, ooh, they're delicate. So you want to, that that softer touch, but how do you how do you even broach the subject sometimes with some operators that are a little rougher maybe with your equipment because that's how they are with their own equipment. Then tell them, don't back. derail the engine. You know, at Jeff Otto's, his steamers all have pickup shoes. Yeah. Yep. You you derail them, you just go get Jeff. He doesn't say a word to you. He's He wants to do this. Yes. Rather than you grilling. So that may be a rule like your dad is like, hey, I got some nice, great northern stuff. If the cars come off, fix them. No, but you want to note the place and the car. Yes. But if an engine goes off, just come get me. Because then you you can look at an engine. Oh, what's in the way? Oh, these 12 LED lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's to be on the inside, not the outside. <laughs> you know, wrapped around the axle here. You know? <laughs> no, and that's true. I mean, if guys are too rough, then they don't get a call back, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. If, if it's if it's the same guy in and multiple cars in multiple locations, okay, we have an operator problem. Right. If it's the same location and and the same car, okay, something's not working here. That's something I need to fix. Or well, how do you the- how do you broach that even with a guy that is a little bit rougher? And even in the case of maybe he doesn't even realize he's being that rough. Do you do you even broach the subject, or do you just not invite him back, and then he just doesn't know why he doesn't come back? Well, it depends who it is. I mean, if it's like, yeah. cause you know, we've, of all the operators, there are about three of them that I just won't have to my, my house just because I don't like them personally. And that's just a, a no, <laughs> personality I mean, differences. There, there no, are that's, certain personalities yeah. that don't work right. Yeah. That's well, the together. dirty secret. William is yeah. no one cares how your dad operates. If you got social skills, you're coming yeah. back. Yeah. Sure. Right. No, no, yeah. no one's no one's ever not invited because they couldn't switch the vitamin plant correctly. You put the <laughs> loads on door three out, you know, <laughs> no one, you know, but if you're a loudmouth jerk or this or heavy handed, it's like, why? I've, I've went there once. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll, yeah. Right. I'll take guys who can't switch all day that are kind and have conversation and take a shower then. <laughs> <laughs> Details. That week. That week. Yeah. What that about week. guys that bring loads to the money? That's fine. See, I'm used to that. <laughs> I have, have grandchildren. Greg. 
How about people who can't count to 10? That's even That's worse. an issue. Who have, P- who have PhDs who can't yeah. count to 10. That just means piled higher and deeper. Is Dosa here? <laughs> <laughs> but Dave's probably had the most experience of this. Dave, Dave, what was it? The last modeler's retreat? The clown car pulled up and the people just kept coming in. And oh, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His wife I, was going to kill him. I thought I'd have like eight people and I think we ended up with 15, you know, so I, I ended up just making a lot of two man crews and it it worked out. Okay. But you know, I was, I didn't know what was coming down the steps next. It was really getting me kind of nervous, you know, but, but, you know, we made it work. So that's whatever. And, and, and all of, I've never had anybody here that's really been a stroke, you know, and really messed anything up. I guess we're lucky from that point of view. I mean, there's been a few things that have gotten kind of hosed up, but it's never been a catastrophe. So I guess I keep my fingers crossed going forward. And I think by inviting other layout owners, we're easier on yours because we want you to be respectful of what we've got. Right, right. Well, and, and other layout owners also know what it takes to get, you you know, what it took to yeah. get to this point. So they're much more respectful as opposed to the guy who just, you know, all he's done is ever, you know, buy stuff off of eBay, right? Then he comes over and it's just like, well, you know, this, this thing's a piece of crap and let's see your layout, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we've had a couple that, you know, I mean, you're, my dad always says they're the greenhorns that you're kind of trying to break in to become operators. I mean, yep. you want to give them the exposure to be able to let them, you know, experience it. Yep. And we thought, oh boy, a 12-year-old running a railroad, he ran yep. better than uh-huh. most of the adults because he was paying attention to what he was doing. And then the next time he came, he picked Union Yard, which is one of the hardest jobs because it's yep. the busiest. And it is the most efficient I had seen it ran. And it was by a 12-year-old. <laughs> yep. About how do you broach it? And you just got to be forthright and say, hey, you know what? You have to stop doing this or be more gentle because the cars can't take that. Right. And if it gets to the point, you just have to say, if you can't do that, then I can't have you over. And you right. know, they may say, oh, you're being an asshole. It's just toys. Well, they're my toys. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yep. And I usually have the guys that down, down talk digitracks or soundtracks or something. I, I kind of pull them aside. I'm like, well, what's your issue? Well, I read that this is better. I said, well, which, what do you have? Well, I don't. I'm like, a lot of times my answer is too, is that digitracks works great for me because of Tom Johnson and, yeah. Lar- and Lawrence Eggerine. I found DCC gurus yep. and I listened to them. I went to Dave Hamilton's layout and I saw him wired up through these ammeters and I'm like, damn. That's cool. I, I want to know this. I want to hook mine up like this. My Digitrax is flawless because I follow all the steps that the guys who know Digitrax make it work. Well, I bought I bought the larger power supply because of you, Dave. You have yeah. the larger one, and I I was having issue, and I says I told my dad the same thing. I go, you go to this power supply, you're going to eradicate some stuff. You can see the the amperage draw, and like you said, have the digital readout. So basically, size matters. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the same. Like my Digitrax <laughs> was working great. But I had like one of the first ones yeah. and I knew the clock was ticking and I knew the clock would expire in the middle of min rail. So I, so like day, I'm like, okay, what's the, oh, the DCS 150 time for an upgrade. Yes. I didn't want to wait till it died when I had three guys from four different States, you know, okay. when you're taxing the system, when I'm taxing the taxing the, the 1995 digital. Well, when you see a railroad like Dave's size, I mean, that's something that you're seeing a large railroad that you know is going to need the power. 
and, and how are you doing it? What system are you using? What type of, you know, that we finally put in the circuit breakers or breaking the railroad up into, into zones and not having just this one monstrosity that's running off of one, you know, <laughs> essentially command station. And it's seeing yeah. it like Dave, you, you showed us, you basically went through and went, here's the power supply I have. Here's what I'm using for these. This is what I'm using for that. And I we went home and I said, I, I ordered up, you know, my power supply and the stuff that I use now. It was after seeing a guy that has used it and how he used it. Greg, did you add a booster to yours too or no? I have not added a booster to mine, but I, because I generally, when I operate, it's three operators. Right. There's three right? engines. So going. At, at most, we're running six engines off mm. of that. I've thought about adding a booster. And what I what I might do is use what I have right now as a booster and upgrade to it simply because I have the same thing. I have the, you know, the 1990 from tracks <laughs> as well, but it, it's still working for me. Yeah. I, I find this discussion a, a lot like uh, paint. If you want to, <laughs> you want to start. If you want to get five thousand comments on a post, oh yeah, go out and ask. What's the what best type paint? of paint should I use to airbrush with? Yeah, and you will get the flame war of all flame wars every time. It's right up there with how do you clean your track or what do yeah. you clean your track with? How many engines do you have? <laughs> yeah. But but we talked like Milt's pen. We went over there for sea trials at Milt's layout. And everything was dying going up the helix. So now he's got, he added two more boosts and it runs like a champ. And I was telling Dave, Dave and I like using Wi-Fi throttle, like using these old iPhones. Milt had it hooked through the JMRI. Yep. And Dave and I were just having so many issues in this huge basement. We're losing the engine, losing power. So we went over there yesterday for a C trial and I brought the LNWI, the Digitrax one. Yep. Hooked that up because all you plug it in and plug it into the B. And I, I was running trains all over, flawlessly in my iPhone, my old iPhone. I think my $3 broken, I, you know, I'm like, Milt, buy one of these. So, yeah, I love well, that. LNW. But it's nice as you you were able to bring it over and plug it in. And today, yeah. when you're talking about the Proto Throttle, you can take your LMWI with you anywhere you go with your Proto Throttle, plug that thing in, and yeah. your yeah. Proto Throttle is hooked up and ready to go. I mean, it's, it's, it's that type of technology that, I mean, it obviously, it's there, but once we understand it, it makes yep. it it makes it usable. Oh, exactly. So that, that's something to think about when when more of the curtains go up and it's easier to get together, you know, mm -hmm. and do some of these things. Absolutely. Because so. I want you guys to help me with my, the proto throttle I have because max speed is notch three on the proto throttle. Right. So I would like to find a set of power to to adjust it. Or let's you know if you go to four, it's just too fast. I'm, something's got to give here. So I, I kind of shelved that because of all the other shiny objects. So, but I agree. I was a sea trial on your dad's. When you get going, William, a sea trial on yours. Absolutely. You know. I think, I think going back to your your reservations, William. I, what I would suggest is two things. One, asking other operators, asking Gazer, Dave, Joe people that they've operated with yep, that they know because they'll know who's a good person. and who. <laughs> Number two is get guys over who have layouts. Don't invite over the guy who all he does is go to other people's layouts. Right. He, he won't be able to, he won't be able to tell you, Hey, you know what? If you had another booster here, or if you use this LN Y throttle, right. Or the boost, you know, they'll have all that stuff because they've run into the exact same problems that you're running into. Well, that's what's nice about even this type of conversation is that open communication of, like you said, is who you invite. And then as to what, I mean, comfort levels too. I mean, guys are familiar with each other. And if you just randomly, you know, pick a hodgepodge of people, now those personalities are there again yeah. and they're trying to, to meld and they don't understand what they're saying. And 
I know when we're Joe, he throws comments or jokes around and we're laughing because it, I mean, it's, he's, he's just poking fun. He's not, he's not ripping on the guy to make fun of him. It's just kind of that, you know, that environment that people have to, you're kind of get used to and comfortable with and how the person's personality and how they meld together. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't hear that. What? He said, your hair looks nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And some about 20 bucks. So I don't know. Uh, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, man. You still owe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose I'm going to, I'm going to shut yeah. her down. I got to, I got to decal guys. my SDL 39. That's what I got to go to do right now. Okay. License plates from you. Tomorrow. Yes. I will get Greg them. Greg gets a building. I send them Rock Island stuff. Joe mm-hmm. and I, and Dave and I are even. Dave, you got any more questions on those cars? No, I'm I'm in real good shape. I just want to get yours back over to your house. Oh so. yeah, I really need those. <laughs> are, we, are we gonna get a photo update from you, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just something. See the progress that you're making. It's cool to see the stuff you're doing. Well, have the painted one. Having a great. good time. William, I texted you a picture of that uh truck. All right. Tom, I'll take a picture and send it to you here in a minute. Okay. Did All you right. find the ladder? No, I cannot find the thing has evaporated. I'm just beside myself. <laughs> Let's all mail Joe a ladder. <laughs> yeah, we did that to Jerry Dezik. He's in uh, New Jersey. We mailed him all of the Acurel split couplers that we had. <laughs> I sent Garbage. a box that was like this. <laughs> all right, well, you guys have a good night. Yep, Thank take care. you, guys. Thank we'll you. We'll talk to you. Thanks. See you, all. Bye-bye. Bye. See you, guys. See you, Dave. Thank you. podcast of the Twin Cities Division. You can find us on Facebook in our group, the Twin Cities Division of the NMRA. You can email us at tcdnmra at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe for future podcasts.